this is the thing, right? Like, I think it's very presumptions of people to think their opinion matters. Like, you know, you just have a thing that's based on math that gets validated around 10, 20 minutes, right? And it just keeps them going. And if, if number goes up, we win. If number goes down, we go to zero. And like, there really isn't much more to it. Like people just read into it because they have like, you know, like uh, seminars to sell and, you know, like, and that's it. Like. This is the Blue Collar Bitcoin Podcast, a show where average Joe firefighters explore the most important monetary technology of the 21st century. We talk Bitcoin, we talk finance, and we talk shit. Thanks for joining us, folks. This episode was a fun rip with NVK of CoinKite. NVK does not shy away from controversy, and we wouldn't want him to. We talk about Rizzo's recent appearance on what Bitcoin did and the argument he puts forth for why ordinals are a big deal. We would encourage people to remain open-minded. Bitcoin is a protocol after all. It does not care what you think. It just executes within its rule set. We also talk about the controversial CTV upgrade to Bitcoin and what new features could be added to Bitcoin. NVK explains why Lightning is not the cure to unlimited transactions. We never miss the opportunity to talk about key security with NVK. Having been building secure systems for Bitcoin key security for over a decade, he is an incredible resource. We learned that the safety deposit box may not be a great idea for key storage, unless you are using something like KeyXOR. Every solution has pros and cons, and you need to find storage spots that you believe offer the best trade-offs. Of course, we recommend the cold card Mark IV as our signing device solution. Yes, CoinKite sponsors us, but we have the rarest of beasts. A truly great product that pays us to sell it. It's easy to sell when we believe it is the best device on the market for key security. CoinKite's newest device, the Q, is prepping for imminent release. This is a supercharged cold card with a full QWERTY keyboard, a QR scanner, and it is battery powered. Check out our link in the show notes for discounts or use BCB for 5% off the Mark IV. If you are interested in Bitcoin 2024 in Nashville, we have a coupon code that will save you 10%. That coupon code is BCB. We will see you there. NVK shirtless, Josh. Should we join him here? Uh, <laughs> I wish if I was sitting on a beach, yes, I would join him. But I'm in like a 60 degree basement right now while it's like 30 degrees outside. So, well, you get hard nips. That's true. Right. But I was I was just in Mexico to a little resort Dan recommended. And I show up at this resort on like, like 10 o'clock at night. It's like a it's like a tropical thunderstorm going on. It's, everything's wet. We're walking around trying to get the lay of the land. And this old man right in front of me slips and falls and smashes his head on the ground. I'm like, I can't escape this shit. This is what I do every day. Like pick up old people. Yeah, man. This guy's got like a two inch laceration on his head. He's like, so I'm like, I'm not taking my shirt off. I take his shirt off and wrap his head. And I'm like, all right, man, that's about all I can do for you. Let's hope they've got something decent in Mexico to staple you up. Good luck. You got to carry your own Israeli guys, man. You got to right? bring your own Israeli guys. Can you imagine how hot and bothered your wife would have been early on that trip, Josh, though, if you just <laughs> ripped your shirt off and used it as a oh, yeah. trauma dressing? It's hey, true. Hey, just save the guy. <laughs> I might have a little HIV now, but I saved the guy. <laughs> now, this guy predated HIV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those adults only uh, resorts, they're great, but it's a geriatric yeah. fest, too. There's a there's yeah. quite a bit of that. Yeah. And, and, and they're all. They're, it was it one of the nude ones. 
Uh, not that I saw. There were a lot of thongs there, though, and it was hit and miss on that front as well. Like there was either it, like you should be wearing that thong or you should absolutely not be wearing that thong. There was no intermediate. It's equal opportunity for the thong, man, in those places. Oh yeah, and even dudes were wearing them, which is. I mean, yeah. you can identify the Europeans very Banana quickly. hammocks. Yeah. Banana exactly. hammocks galore when I was yep. there. Yeah, he went to the same resort I went to. I went on vacation in November. He went right after me. Good spot. Got the yeah, job well, done, right? It wasn't, you got to know nice. somebody who's been there because I've been to these. Res- like, I went to one of the Dominican a few years, well, like five years ago. And I got sick as hell there. I mean, I was putting on my child's diapers at night because I was I just couldn't hold it in. It was so it was horrible. <laughs> like you. You happen that happens to you once. You make sure you get a reference for the next one. You know the the solution for because you know like we we live people who live in in sort of boreal North America. You know there is no bugs. I know, right? I mean, like nothing fucking survives the winter. So like you know you go through the jungle. I mean, you know like the bugs are going to get to you. So, oh yeah, you know yeah exactly. Shit definitely happens. It does happen. You know you get it. You get it. You, you just you know no food man. Just just honey and lemon and salt water. That's it. Yeah, yeah, but it can be gnarly. I had Montezuma's Revenge coming back from Mexico years ago, and it was what came out of my asshole has not been replicated again. It was unbelievable. That's the first asshole reference of the of the episode. But I think every time you've been on here, we we find a way to talk about buttholes. You guys really bring out the assholes when I come on the show. (laughs) It just happens kind of naturally, you know. I don't even know. Yeah. Oh well. Wait. So where are you? Give it. You on vacation? You there for a while? Bitcoin Jungle, man, came for the conference. Heck yeah. How's it been? Hot. So uh, the cool thing about Bitcoin Jungle, for people that don't know, is uh, so we did Nostrica last year, mm-hmm. right? was the first yep. conference they had there. And then this year was Bitcoin Freedom Festival. And uh, behind this compound, uh, uh, it was a very cool compound, uh, There is uh, there is a river. So essentially, like every half an hour, hour, most people go to the river to cool down. So like, essentially, the all the talks move to the river. You know, like so everybody's just halfway up to here in this river. Are you chatting about Bitcoin? People are just bathing in the river at this Bitcoin conference. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Nice. It's very hard to go back to normal conferences after this. I'm sure. So you realize midway through the talk, everybody's naked. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's definitely hippies who live in the compound too. Sometimes there is a few, uh, a few folks that are not part of the conference, uh, uh, bathing in the river. Nice. Hey, here's a good first question. You're you're there. What's standing out to you from this conference? What's what's grabbed your attention since you've been down there? Uh, for me, it was just the amazing thing. It happened exactly at Davos. So like all the lizard was the lizards were freezing their asses <laughs> off. You know, like, and, and like a bunch of Bitcoiners sort of like at the beach, like the contrast could not have been better. Yep. Sometimes a that, picture that was, speaks a thousand words. You know, it's just, and you see Jamie Dimon shaking at the press conference thing and we're like, I'm just like, you know, can I have another coconut please? You know? <laughs> so what's his angle? This is a, a good topic of exploration. Like listening to him talk in Davos, the, the clip that's been leaked going crazy. It's just sounding more and more asinine. I mean, I know he's been on these rants for a long period of time, but just overtly saying no, that this dude, thing like, is this useless. No, this is classic Wall Street, dude. No, this is classic Wall Street. Uh, the guy's send bags it and is buying it. You yeah. know, like the guy is like literally shitting on it to buy cheap. Like it, it, there really isn't anything to it. Like it's just a classic Wall Street guy. 
Hmm. There just seems the consequences of having egg on your face seem more significant now, though. Like all his these guys don't give a fuck. They're buying like you know like lizards, paintings and shit at the end of the day. No, that is just money. (laughs) They're just you know it's just making money. You know they don't give a shit if there's eggs on their face as long as they're making money. Yeah, these guys are like very low ego. You know, very very smart. And, and like very high cone for this. They did not give a flying fuck. They're just there saying the opposite and making money. So I'm filling All in right. the blanks here, but in your mind, there's almost a zero <laughs> probability that he doesn't know exactly what Bitcoin is, what purpose it serves, oh, yeah. and the threat it potentially yeah, mounts. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. These guys are not stupid. Yep. Yeah. I, I it's want- crazy though. I think we would be remiss not to dive into some technical stuff that Dan and I are tertiarily familiar with with you right off the bat here. I, w- I listened to quite a few Bitcoin reviews before uh, this episode, and you talked a little Did bit. Did you survive to I, the middle? Or I know you talk a lot of shit about it, like about how you put your wife to sleep with it and all that. But I mean, a lot it's of it true. is above my head. But I'll, I mean, I took a lot out of this stuff, too. I really I appreciate it. You do some good job with good work with that. You talked about how. Uh, lightning cannot scale to like a visa level transaction throughput. And like that was kind yeah. of back in like, you know, when it was kind of formative in 2017, 2018, people talked about how that was kind of the end goal. Where did that kind of narrative change? I've been or, saying that since before 2017. <laughs> well, I I mean, people were saying it then and they, you know, throughout the few years after that, they they were what what exactly is the the reason without getting too technical for layman yeah layman it's terms, actually like, very simple right like think about it this way okay i'm oversimplifying by the way so that's fine uh think about it this way right so lightning needs to clear on bitcoin right. blocks at the base layer right mm-hmm. so you're essentially still bound by bitcoin utxo unit economics mm-hmm. right you're still yes. bound by bitcoin block space and you're still bound by bitcoin utxo price right yes and then the fee price and everything else that comes with that dynamic, right? But theoretically, so that, that really is that simple. But, like, I, but the it, way it all, I understand it in a simple in a, in simple terms is that that cost can be spread out over potentially thousands or tens of thousands of transactions, and thereby, you know what I mean? Because I mean the simple. Yeah, but it still needs to be cleared at some point. Right. Right. You know, and 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 you know, and Lightning Tech is, in my opinion, overly complex. Uh so. And the reality of it is like Lightning is for custodians. Yeah. So you so see, this do you is, see a third layer using Lightning or do you see some other second layer altogether? What is your, what's your oh, thought? Oh, I mean, I'd love, I, there were, in the early days of this stuff of payment channels, right? Which is the original name for this technology. There were like 50 papers, right? Like I really wish they didn't go Kumbaya and try to work together. Mm. I really wish like, you know, they try to make five options, you know, completely unrelated, don't even fucking talk to each other. They hate each other ideally, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then, like, we would have competing things with different trade-offs, right? Because we can still use Bitcoin as the clearing layer for all these technologies that maybe don't like each other, right? They're incompatible with each other. Uh, but I think we're going to see it, right? So there's the ARC stuff, but although the ARC, I think, needs CTV or something else, uh, state chains can help. Uh, which is the Mercury layer stuff. Uh, then there is all the colored coin shit uh, that they can essentially like print coins with a single coin. Uh, you know, there's the the e stuff, uh, like uh, Fedi 
mint and eat cat and then cashew. Yep. There, there's no like listen, <clears throat> demand is the mother of all the inventions here, right? Mm. So the problem is like it's a bunch of tech people right now trying to like, you know, work on the coolest shit and uh and, and not address the market, right? So as as we see demand truly, truly happen, right? Like we're gonna come up with with solutions. I mean, you know, there's gonna be a market. <laughs> People be willing to pay for a solution, and right. and then solutions happen. It's it's amazing. Yeah, I I think you make some really good points though, and to go back to them with lightning, like it it suffers in high fee environments if you're wanting it to be used by the little guy. Things you mentioned already, yep. UTXO economics. As fees go up, you've got to go back to the base chain, and it's going to increasingly push its utility towards large channels, big liquidity managers, and so. To expect, I think that this gets to a just a broader point about monetary technology in general. No matter how useful and important and wonderful it is, it's very, very unlikely, if not impossible, that one protocol, one solution can do everything. And I think there's a lot of people that were hoping this one second layer solution was sort of the silver bullet to solve all monetary use cases. Here's the question for you. And and I know you've said some of this already. What what purpose does Lightning really serve? And where is it useful? And and then what is its main gap? And how do we fill that? And do we even need to to do that right now? I guess is is so, an even broader yeah, question. Yeah. So so yeah. So there's a bunch of things there. Um, I, I think that the main way, like the main thing to think about, is this: like Lightning is, is quite good at being hub and spoke, right? So that means you have custodians, and they have users doing IOU inside their systems, right? Uh, or even it, it could even be lightning inside their systems, but like, you know, they're controlling both ends and, and everything else, right? So, and then they clear with other lightning providers, right? So, for example, Strike is doing a great job, right? Like Cash App or, you know, like all of these large sort of players, right? Like they, they can do very good lightning because it is custodial. They can do all the liquidity. They can do all the shit. Um so so it works decently. Yeah. And and in your view, this this transitions to another topic, but I I love that you you explored this topic with Preston when you were on with him recently, where you basically expressed that store of value is Bitcoin's promise and everything else yeah. stems from that. And I think for some yes. Bitcoiners. That that statement is a little bit provocative, but I think it's really powerful, and I think it's totally true. Elaborate no, I mean, elaborate like, on that idea and what that I guess what that means for second layers, because at, at the end of the day, everything's subservient to this base layer being ironclad yes. and this serving in a, an immutable store of value purpose. I mean, you know, like when you invent something new, right? Like a new technology that really has not been seen by 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 anyone ever right like electricity right like you know everybody's gonna go out there in the market and try to figure out how to use this new cool shit you know for fame glory money and and altruistically right yep but then eventually uh 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 sort of like a a, a efficient not necessarily efficient but like a a a best purpose is found right mm -hmm. for for that thing right um and because that thing is bound by its 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 like its uh um 
its features and its trade-offs and its shortcomings, right? So first of all, like Bitcoin, Bitcoin is not anonymous. Bitcoin is not fast. You know, like all these things, you know, when you compare it to Visa payments, right? But Bitcoin is very fast compared to wire transfers and, and you know, Fedwire and all this shit, yep. right? Yep. So, like, you have to, like, you have to always think in terms of, like, you know, there is a broad spectrum of things you're trying to solve, right? And, and like, technology can only address a certain a certain size of that problem range, right? Like, very well. Right. It might still be good enough for some other little parts of it, but, like, it can't be perfect for everything. Right. You right. can't build a Swiss Army knife is what you're saying. You want to have some... Yeah, exactly. A Swiss Army knife sucks at everything. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Right? But, like, but it's great to carry around, right? But, like, but if you're building the best of something, right, like, the best knife, and, and even knives, like, it depends on what kind of knife you're talking about, right? Like, if you're building the best machete, it's the fucking best machete. Is it? Can you cut tomatoes with it? Yes. But it's not great to cutting tomatoes. Right. Right? So... This is what, like, a lot of, and I think this is, like, mostly, like, new Bitcoiners, like, post-17 Bitcoiners kind of thing, that, like, are, are not just, like, maybe they're still, like, going through the motions of, of, like, understanding these dynamics, because, like, you know, we had, like, money printing, and we had, like, different, you had, like, different macro dynamics, you had different Bitcoin dynamics, and, and these dynamics, they change, right, as, as, as things happen in the world. So, um... I really think that, like, you know, when people, not even people reflect, when Bitcoin reminds everybody with a nice slap in the face what it's good for, right? Like, and what it's not good for, then uh, then you have to you have to accept it. Like, you know, gravity exists, right? Like, you can't cheat gravity. And if you want to cheat gravity, you're going to have to put a lot of, a lot of, you're going to have to waste a lot of energy, right? Like, look at rockets. Look at the amount of fucking fuel that thing needs to burn yeah. in order to go up, right? So if you want to make Bitcoin do something that is not designed for, you're going to have to spend a lot of something else. Right. Yeah. Um, and that might be your marbles normally. Uh, you know, the, the big blockers, they thought that Bitcoin was for payments. Right? Like, and it's retarded because there is no amount of megabytes in blocks that will be enough right. to make 4 billion people trading a lot with each other at the same time. Yeah. So on this topic of using Bitcoin as a Swiss army knife, this I listened recently to, so just recently, what Bitcoin did had Rizzo on to talk about ordinals. And it, it was called the bullish case for ordinals. And I think he made the best case for the other side that I've ever heard, which I, I haven't really paid much attention to ordinals. It doesn't interest me much. I think a lot of people in the space are in the same boat. They understand that this is affecting Bitcoin's transaction fees because a ton of transactions are happening that are not monetary in nature, their ordinals or their BRC20, that kind of thing. And they are, you know, filling this thing up with all kinds of transactions that wouldn't otherwise be there. They're using it as, you know, a screwdriver instead of a knife in a certain way, if you want to look at it that way. But what he was describing is this is bringing Silicon Valley back interest back into Bitcoin because they, they have been deploying capital at a crazy rate to a lot of these other protocols that are doing a lot of the other things that people are interested in, including ordinals, inscriptions, and all of those types of things. But his reasoning is that a lot of this money, whether or not they like it, 
is coming back into Bitcoin, which is beneficial to Bitcoin in the long run. What's your take on that perspective? Uh, Using, like we said, we know Bitcoin is a store of value, uh, monetary maximalist, which I would, I mean, I would put myself in that camp, obviously, uh, left of ordinals there, but I understand that argument and that does make sense in some levels. What What is your take on that? So, so I love Rizzo. That argument is irrelevant um, because, see, like Bitcoin is going to be what Bitcoin is going to be. We don't need Silicon Valley to get anywhere. Uh, you, you know, what what caused the money to come to Bitcoin is number go up. Yeah. Because number goes up, people love to buy a top, right? For sure. But so I think his argument would the, be this is going to cause number to go up because it causes VCs. more use and it causes we more don't need transactions. We don't need more VCs. We don't need more use. That's going to happen naturally as the price goes up, right? Because Bitcoin's value prop is store of value. Like, dude, like these ETFs are like a million times bigger than all these fucking VCs combined. Yeah. You know, like that's what's driving demand for Bitcoin. It's not the fucking Silicon Valley VCs wanting to do, you know, file storage and dick butt storage on on, on Bitcoin. And by the way- But if they can, they will. Yeah, sure. Let them let them do this. And if they want to give their money to Bitcoin miners, well, let them do it. Um, the, the, the the thing is, like, um, I know I'm storing really, my dick butt on Bitcoin. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, but but here's the thing, like the first of all, it was it's not the JPEGs that's driving fees up. OK, that's a misconception. OK, the, the JPEGs are lower economic density for for their transaction. So the Bitcoin transactions that are actually worth money have less bytes and they get mined. But like, anyways, the, the, what's what was driving the fees really high was the BRC20 tokens, yeah. which is a shitcoin on Bitcoin uh, that has an extremely asymmetric value proposition, right? They're trying to move a single Bitcoin, tra- well, really two Bitcoin transactions for a million of their token, right? Um, and people were trying to front run each other on their ticker and, and then that's why they were overpaying for mining fees. But anyways, aside from that is it's all fucking irrelevant. Like the VCs on Bitcoin are irrelevant. The, so much so they're like, look, you know, with the least amount of VC of all the coins, Bitcoin is the only one with an ETF. Yeah. Bitcoin is the only one where it has the most amount of value in it. Yeah. So, like, yeah, yeah. tell me, I understand tell me that. Where in Bitcoin we need the VCs? We don't. That's a. It's a. It's just. It's a irrelevant narrative. What about the idea that? Oh, I mean, we've talked about, or I'm not saying you've talked about this, but I've heard this talked about for years that Bitcoin is going to subsume the entire crypto industry at some point, and this seems like a natural evolution it, of again, that actually happening to a degree. You know what I mean? It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. It's again, like, see, like, it's like trying to compare like gold with cash, like fiat, right? Like it's irrelevant. They're not comparable conversations. It has nothing to do with each other. The crypto shit they're trying to, you know, like they they definitely uh, 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 affinity scam Bitcoin by mentioning that they're a coin, that they're all do all these things, right? But but it's completely irrelevant. Like Bitcoin is not trying to do any of that shit. People can try to do that stuff with Bitcoin, but but it, it, it's like, I, I guess I, I have a hard time calling it irrelevant when it's obviously there's a lot of people with a lot of money that are causing a lot of transactions that want and feel that it's relevant. So I guess no, to, it's, it's relevant I'm, within a local timestamp of like you know like two weeks. 
Like, you know, like, because Bitcoin liquidity is, is so small in a way, right? Whenever you have new waves of people doing whatever stupidity they're doing it's all at done that the time margin, right? come in, yeah. yeah, it's all done in the margin, yep. right? So, like, it, it's, so think about it this way. Do you really think U.S. thinks about El Salvador? The politicians? No. 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 Not really at no. all. Like, yeah. do you re- like, do you think a, an American politician, an American banker, an American, uh, uh, you know, anything related to finance or, or really any topic? No, I don't okay? think so. Even the tourism minister of whatever the fuck in the U.S., do you really think they wake up in the, mor- the morning and think about El Salvador? No. No, right? Because it's irrelevant. It's economically irrelevant, right? So, like, the Bitcoin chain is kind of like that towards every other use. It's it's like, it's irrelevant. Yeah. You know, can they cause news like El Salvador does? Yes. Right. Is it good for El Salvador? Yes. Is it good for Ethereum? Yes. But like, it's completely irrelevant to Bitcoin. People get caught up because they want to argue about something on Twitter. Right. Oh, they what do. You, yeah. What you're pushing at is, I think it's a really important idea, which is that Going back to to fundamentals and asking what is driving demand for this thing and what has demand driving staying power in perpetuity, and that is store of value and potentially obsoleting or holding central banks accountable. Like that that is the that is what Bitcoin is most dramatically and obviously equipped to do. Not, there is not even accountability, man. The central bankers are just going to adopt the Bitcoin standard, and that's it. They're going to survive too. Dude, all these fucking politicians are stacking. You think they're idiots? Yeah. You know, do you think the Fed guys are idiots? Like, everybody's stacking. Everybody, like, talks the opposite of their bags. Right? Like, Kramer probably, too. (laughs) For sure, dude. You know? I don't know how (laughs) that guy does it, man. That dude's got more Bitcoin than (laughs) all of us combined. Yeah. You know, like, this is the thing, right? Like, I think it's very presumptions of people to think their opinion matters. Like, you know, you just have a thing that's based on math that gets validated around 10, 20 minutes, right? And it just keeps them going. And if if number goes up, we win. If number goes down, we go to zero. And, like, there really isn't much more to it. Like, people just read into it because they have, like, you know, like, uh, seminars to sell and, you know, like, and that's it like well, that is like there's like an ideology attached to everything right because it's a human emotional thing to like I, this is my thing yeah. this is how it's going to be this is how i view it therefore it is this but then like you just described this is just simply math this is just something this is just a program I mean, running like if it has the capability to do something whether or not it's good at doing it it can do it and therefore you have to accept that you can't just so be like i don't like our of years for hundreds of thousands of years right the sun rises, humans go, burn some babies, like chop some babies up, you know, with the hope that the sun comes back tomorrow, right? Like if they had just stopped just go see the, Mayan, the babies uh, up, ruins or something. The, the, the sun would have come up, just have a little patience. You, you know, like there is shit that's inevitable, just chill. You, you know, this is the problem. It's like, like humans have to ascribe, like, uh, like humans cannot cope with like a power. Right, like we literally have no power over this shit, so we have to come up with some explanation, mm, yeah. and and then we go and we create a whole fucking order of things, right? And a priesthood with levels and shit, you know. But the sun's still gonna come back, yeah. And if it doesn't, the universe is over. Great, you know, like it's gonna happen anyways. <laughs> you, you're, you're right. There's gonna be 
effort after effort after effort as this thing continues to march on for people to control it, commandeer it, morph it into their own desires and ambitions. And it just doesn't work. And it's 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 a it's a piece of technology that's rolling downhill and nobody can really step in front of it. And so there's an element of where you just have to just have to watch it and and be in awe. Um, you know, and, and humans are very good at engineering, right? So, so like, for example, then people are going to say, yeah, but you know, people can affect the Bitcoin price. I'm like, yeah, people can also affect rain. You know, like you get, you have rain cannons, right? In like in China, for example, and that causes the sun to maybe be covered. You know, like, does that make the sun rise less? No, right? Like, it's just, it's like this inability to accept shit is just innately to humans, right? And, mm. and. And he just causes people like a lot of stress and do stress. Yeah. Yeah. What's your thought on what's going to go down here over the next few years? Let's let's get let's put our prediction hat on a little bit. I mean, people some people act too cool for this we ETF. Numbers. Like a lot of these, you know, hardcore folk are like, oh, this doesn't matter. I mean, even even to like pick a tiny bit on Lynn Alden, like she was on here last week saying this is the most boring thing in Bitcoin. I'm just going to be honest. I don't think it is. It's a huge fucking deal. If we talk about number go up, if we talk about store of value, if we talk about ease of entry for a lot of people, especially with the macro backdrop that we think is going to play out over the next five to 10 years, having the gates open to this thing, I think is an enormous deal. And I think a lot of people in Wall Street are about to to really understand what this asset's all about. I think a lot of people are sleeping on it. Oh, ETF started and look, the price went down and, and some faces are going to get ripped off. What's your take? I have no idea. I mean, like, you know, like the market is going to do what the market is going to do. Like, you know, like absolutely no fucking clue what Bitcoin is going to be five years. Could be zero. Um, Could be. But like, you know, like, uh, you know, but, 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 you know, but like, if you just try to extrapolate a few things, like, I mean, hey. Do you guys have backup plans for the Mark IV to like sign into Windows or something, just in case that happens? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, no, it's, it's going to become a calculator. Uh, we turn into a calculator company. Um, and uh, no, but guys, like, you know, first of all, Wall Street doesn't make money on Bitcoin, right? They're going to make money making fees on imbeciles buying and selling Bitcoin. Yeah. Okay. So the the Wall Street boys are there to take the pension fund money and make money on the money, not make money on the assets that yeah. the pension funds are investing in. Right. Like their goal is to front run all the idiots. Right. Uh, and and all these pension funds and all these things they move slow. They're essentially all going to get priced in through the through time. Right. Before they even sort of announce. Um, you know there is. You know, the people running the ETF are not idiots. There's a lot of smart people For sure. in Wall Street. Uh, so, like, but but here's the thing: like, they don't like extreme volatility the same way we do, right? They want to make fees on basis points changes. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more predictable. So, you know, it's great. I mean, like, it's the only you know we're gonna probably be ten times the size of gold. You know, not too far from now if we're not zero, right? Uh, and, and then like these things become even more irrelevant because like there is an expectation that like they're going to perform in certain ways because the bigger you are, the more mass you have, right? It's kind of like trying to steer a ship. Yep. Yep. 
Uh, but but then you know like it's gonna get some punches in the gut because you know it's Bitcoin and and it, and it's out there and it's freedom money so stuff is gonna happen and the price is gonna go down seventy percent and the markets are gonna be very confused about it. Yeah, it's gonna be hilarious. <laughs> um, and then the pension funds are gonna sell on the bottom and then they're, they're not gonna enjoy any of this appreciation. Hey, you don't know, man. It's you see like there is a million ways this can be sort of like played. Uh, and, uh, you know, the only answer is, uh, stay humble, sad, sad, as, as Odell would say, you know, like, yep. you can't trade this shit. I know. I agree. <laughs> I've, I've made enough mistakes to know that dollar cost averaging is the only way to do this properly. Um, I want to just get back to one other technical thing with you before we move on to anything else. If you don't mind, CTV is something that's been talked about a lot here. I know it adds some capability. Can you describe some of the... So for people that don't know, it's check template verify. It allows parameters to be added to how Bitcoin can be spent, even if you control the keys. So can you explain what that means? Yeah, so think about it this way. Right now, this, the conditions are on the spend. Right. Right? So yes. you, you can say, for example, multi-sig, right? Like to spend, I need to do this. Right. Right? Uh, to spend, it needs to be this block. Okay. Right. What CTB does and covenants in general as is a as a concept does is is it, it adds the it adds the the script to the output, not to the input. Okay. Right? Or both if you want to. But essentially now the UTXO itself is not gonna be spendable unless some condition is met. Right. Super powerful. Super, super cool. Super yeah. powerful. Yes. Uh, it's, it's very simple change actually, it's kind of funny, but is it, you know, but it has a lot of consequences and things. So like you have to sort of study and, and sort it out. Right. Right. Are you, when you I say mean, it's very you know, simple, honest, do you mean like the code itself is very simple? Yes, But exactly. the, the consequences could be myriad. You Enormous. Know? Right. Right. Yeah. So like my personal opinion for, for whatever that's worth, it's like, I think it's safe. I think it's being studied enough. So I'm okay with it. Um, and I, the only reason why I want CTV is because of Vault. Right. Okay. Can I you don't explain care. that to people? Because uh, I, I'd rather not change Bitcoin if I'm not getting Vault. That's my selfish node sort of like motif. Uh, so Vault is another opcode. Was one of the main reasons why CTV came back into the forefront as like a, a potential thing. James O'Byrne is the author and, and is being also studied to death. And there's like a lot of code for it as well. It's a it's it's an opcode that's a little bit more complex. It doesn't add many sort of like I wouldn't worry in terms of like consequences to Bitcoin. Uh in, in terms of like risk on things. Mm -hmm. But it's really cool. Imagine you can have an automated cold card on chain. So maybe op vault done well uh could essentially make no need for cold card to exist anymore. So I can finally go focus on clocks only. <laughs> Hell yeah. Seriously, like yeah. it really is like it, it really is that amazing, right? Like we can we can build very good policy span policies primitives uh on with this tool that then like for example, you, you know, like a bad guy can't spend your coins. Right. He can maybe steal a tiny little bit, but you'd be able to see it because there is, you know, watchtowers and things. Okay. So like essentially like he improves our our on-chain safety, like by a factor of like a thousand, it's amazing, um, and uh, and that's my selfish motivation for CTV. 
you know, is CTV good for, you know, like improving lightning a little bit? Probably, you know, can CTV, you know, cure cancer? Maybe, <laughs> you know, like there is a bunch of angles people are going to take with CTV. They all have their own uh, selfish incentives. I don't care much for those as much as I care for Vault. Talk to our audience about like the two or three most practical applications that you think people would use if we did this upgrade. Like one thing that comes to mind for me, I know is like you could specify that it that something can only be sent to a certain transaction, for example, or so to a certain address, for example. What what are some other what are some other things like that 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 you see being implemented the most if we did this upgrade? So if we get introspection, uh, which is unclear yet, uh, that means for example, I could say to this point, to this UTXO, that you can only, say for example, you can only spend from this vault one BTC every month. Mm. Yep. Okay. Unless you use this nuclear key to overwrite stuff and get the funds out to another vault. And you can make it so that the nuclear key can't even take the money out anywhere arbitrarily. You can make it so that this nuclear key to bypass the vault because maybe you made a mistake, uh, can only go to another vault. Yeah. Sounds like you and could, for yeah. Example, yeah. So, for example, let's say now we can enforce inheritance on chain. That's a cool idea. So, like, yeah. So, you can say, for example, to your kids, listen, I died in a little video and there is this vault and this vault is only going to pay you this amount of money per year and that's it, buddy. Yeah. That's cool. Like, and then it's going to be on to your great grandchildren. It, 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 you could do weird shit like that, right? Mm. Um, and even if the law says otherwise, there's nothing that can break that because it's on chain. Right. Yeah, it puts the state lawyers in uh, a funk. With, with more options, anytime you're moving or custodying Bitcoin, you have to be careful not to step in front of yourself. But there are a lot of things about this that are appetizing from just a security peace of mind standpoint, like you were saying, putting specifications on, say, where Bitcoin can go. You can't just, you know, you can set parameters such that this Bitcoin can't just be whisked off anywhere someone wants. Like that's very powerful yep. and and Super very useful. Powerful. Yeah. You know, because that's already possible now, but that's possible now with arbitrary business logic in say a cold card or, right. you know, your wallet coordinator, whatever the fuck, right? Where we make this solid is to do this rules on chain. Like, it's a whole other dynamic now, right? right? right. It's unbreakable the same way Bitcoin is unbreakable. If somebody can break those policies, it means they can break Bitcoin. Yeah. What? So I know this question is basically unanswerable, but what are some of the, what are some of the positions against this? Like, why, why would people not be, is it just because of unforeseen consequences that people are typically uh, against this? It's more wishy-washy. Like, you know, like every dev has their own proposal in the way that they want Right, like, you know, like it becomes an autism competition <laughs> towards like however people want to do their own thing. Yeah, you know, we're all autistic. Come on, you know, like oh, it's I know. just let's be honest. It's all right? a matter of degree, not fact. <laughs> right, and then there is you know not built here kind of syndrome. You know, like there's all kinds of stuff. I, I, I have not heard a decent sort of like, you know, when when people really want to cop out from the conversation, they just it hasn't been studied enough. It's, you know. You know, like, okay, and this has then, been then is there... this. This was submitted years ago, right? This isn't like a new, relatively new thing. Like, from my understanding, this ha this code was written years ago. It's been looked at for years at this point. Yeah, but you know, like, 
nothing is without trade-offs, right? So like, I'm sure there will be some consequences that are unforeseen and, you know, maybe you get some more dick butts or something, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, a third like, layer of dick butts, yeah. You know, so I don't know, like it, it either going to happen, maybe it doesn't happen. I, I, you know, you can't depend on it. I can just say, I like it. I think it's good. I think it's steady enough. And I think it would be a, a huge addition to the mission because the mission is like, you know, store of value. So like, if we can make store of value to be safe from other people storing your value, then great. Yeah. No. If this does get implemented, what do you think the timeline is? And then practically, how does this get rolled out and implemented? Well, then it gets to the next bike shed autistic competition, <laughs> which is, you know, how do you activate something? Yeah. You know, that we haven't agreed on something yet. And and it's, it's going to probably take years. Unless there's a very successful user-activated soft fork, which I think I think is too soon. Uh, I think it's going to, it could take years. And that's the right thing to do. When people don't agree in Bitcoin, nothing happens. It's the perfect path. Yep. I mean, we've all seen the opposite of what happens when politicians can just pull levers immediately and, you know, fuck all the truckers over. That's really interesting yep. to see what came out of that recently. I, I think also people are going to have a lot of people who are new, especially people who are po who are post UASF of the original days. I think people are going to, I think people are going to sort of like get a rude awakening at how messy Bitcoin is, how plutocratic Bitcoin is, how unfair it will seem to them. How undemocratic it is, uh, uh, it, you know. It's and how meritocratic it is. It, it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on at CoinKite. Um, Q1 is in. Uh, we're we're excited. Q. We we renamed it to Q. People are getting confused. Q, Q only. That's right. Strong. Okay. Yeah. Talk talk to us Q about. Are you guys you guys being Q Star V1. Trek fans over there? Uh, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> okay, just wondering if that came from Star Trek at all. Yeah, and it's also for QWERTY. Okay, got it. Um, so yeah, no, like Q, Q is almost ready. Uh, like you know, it's hardware always punches you in the gut. Like every, you know, you order the plastic, the plastic is right, and then they fucking make it wrong, and then like you know, now it just adds an extra month, and they're sending you, you know, dude, it's like. It, I've been ready to ship for a while now. It's just like, it's just the normal sort of dealing with physical world problems. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but but we're very close now. Uh, very, very close. There is just, just one milestone that needs to happen before I'm comfortable saying like, hey, you know, it's it's imminent kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's there. It's going to have password manager. It's going to have secure nodes, all kinds of great shit. Very cool. Is it so? I'm reading the Elon Musk bio right now, and one of the things he's said over and over is that designing the thing is easy. It's designing the thing that builds the thing that is really difficult. Is that the? Uh, it sounds like you're experiencing that same quandary. Yeah, it's the normal thing, right? Like, yeah. I mean, manufacturing is always the bottleneck, right? It's easy for you know the DIY kids to say, "Oh, look at this cool shit I did," you know, like, and then like you know, but you can't turn that into a product. You can't mass market the thing. You know, the thing is never going to be as good as a commercial product. You know, it's not, it, it's like the, the level of, of the universe sort of molding the final thing, the market molding the final thing, which really makes it a remarkable thing, uh, is much higher, right? That, that That's the bar. Um, you know, and then you launch something and then people find the issues of it and then you fix it in subsequent sort of like versions. It's. That's the path, the path of products, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
That's why it's fun. Josh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I was a couple of to... like early meta models. We'll gladly fuck around with them for you. Oh, absolutely! Like as soon as, uh, as soon as, as soon as we we have units that that like we think are like ready to be started to be shipped out to people, we're gonna we're gonna do that. Cool. It's crazy you came out with that Elon comment because I literally was about to come with that. Him just talking about how the creating the thing is like anyone can do that, and it's 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 the manufacturing process. Take us behind the doors a little bit about what manufacturing at your company looks like. Is it out of one facility, multiple facilities? What what have been some of the biggest challenges standing up this company? Because obviously you, you you created something beneficial, but then you've been able to manufacture it and put it out in large quantities. Take us behind the doors yeah. of, of running this business from a production so lens. We, we don't talk much about the, the internals because of one is alpha and two is security. Uh, but like, you know, it's like what we make is not that complex to be like, you know, honest, right? I mean, compared to consumer electronics, right? Uh, what, what, what is different to us is the level of security that goes into things. But like the whole design of the product is designed for manufacturing, right? So like how we do the security of the device is designed for manufacturing. Not trusting the chips is because there was the limitation of the manufacturing, right? Uh, and then we have to make jigs that test buttons and, you know, like, and, and jigs that test, like, things. And, you know, QA and testing is a huge part of the problem, right? Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, it's funny. Like, you really have to change the product in order to to meet the manufacturing processes, right? And mm -hmm. also, like, you keep on changing manufacturing processes to meet what... And, and there's, like, an equilibrium that starts to happen in each part of it. Mm. Yeah. The first time you built a cold card, so back in the day, like when you first did this, there had to have been a time when this took a huge outlay of cash, right? You had to, you have to stand up manufacturing when you're not a hundred percent sure this thing's going to succeed. What was that like going from the zero to one moment when you were going to send oh. it and you had to just go like that's going to be your, the time when your dick out on the chopping block. Yeah. When it's got to yeah, be the so, most so scary. It's really funny. Cause like, so we used to have like this essentially like online wallet, right? CoinKite was big goal before big goal. And we were the back end of all these exchanges and that's how we had all our funds. And, and then we didn't want to do that anymore because, you know, we don't want to hold people's bags. So we told everybody to get their money out and we closed it. And then we were confronted with this problem. Wait, how long like, did you think about taking the money and running? That, you know, that, it was not part of our model. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're idiots. Um, so we were at the back end for Bitmax for a while. Um, so, so anyway, so so like we were confronted with this reality. It's like you know, there were two products on the market that were like of of starting to be of size at that time, which was Trezor and Ledger, right? And we we looked at them closely. We're like, yeah, no, there's no fucking way we're gonna put our coins in there. <laughs> so. So then, like, we, we sort of, like, started developing completely for ourselves. Like, you know, it's not, like, a product for anybody else. And it was going to be caseless. Uh, and we sort of kind of built them, and a lot of people wanted them. So we started sort of like, okay, fine, let, let's sort of productize that a little bit more, right? Um, it was sort of, like, very sort of, like, grassroots and very sort of uh, garage style. Yeah. Uh uh, and then we just sort of like slowly sort of grew manufacturing and 
you know, I, I think the dick on the table was not the, in terms of like, uh, in terms of like us putting up capital to grow the company. It was more like in terms of like making a thing that we trust with our capital, mm. which is a lot more scary. Yeah. Um, and, and that's sort of like how the company sort of happened, right? Like in, in terms of pivoting that way. We had open dimes already and stuff at the time, uh, but it was not designed for, 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 you know, this level of seriousness of, of like, you know, and, and this is the reason why we also like ship new hardware, like pretty much every couple of years. Right. It's because like, it's not that we're trying to take people's sats, which is great, but like, it, it's, it's just that like, you know, we, we believe that for ourselves, like this stuff needs to be improved yeah. because we found new ways of doing things, new ways of, of, uh, of like improving things and we're going to do it. And, you know, if you want to still buy 10-year-old hardware, go get yourself a Trezor. Yeah. You know, we're not going to do that. Like, that's that's not what we do. If you had to pick one reason why CoinKite has been successful on the scale it has and gained its reputation, right? You zoom out on what you've built. What is that one reason? What, what, What do you think is the, if you had to pick one thing, about why it's been as successful as it has. What is that? I think I think it's just like it's like a good product. Like you know, it's like it's dog fooding, right? Like we 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 built it for for our piles, right? Like so, it, it's just it works. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of things. Well, maybe this isn't. That's not true in this arena. But there are so many things that are great ideas that work that just never get off the the launch pad. You know what I mean? It, it, like is it? It's necessity, right? Like people have the necessity of of storing their their sats, right? And and there just isn't anything on the market, in my opinion, that gets even close to it. Yeah, you know they you know they go out there, they put rose gold on it, like that's gonna somehow make it nice, you know? Or they like it, you know make it easier to use with USB and but everybody's making the wrong trade offs for people who really give a shit about their their pile. Yeah, like. It's it's like a no apology sort of like mindset, right? We make the trade off in terms of like yes, you know maybe it's like I don't know. In my opinion, it's pretty, but like it's less pretty than something, or you know like it doesn't have this one thing that makes it a little easier to use. Yeah, because those trade offs like make you lose money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and we're not gonna make those trade offs. Like, and it really is a no. Like, it's going to gonna have an app for for a cold card. No. Yeah. Hey up. <laughs> this question I wanted I to ask you kind of slipped through. The, of, yeah. <laughs> so this one kind of slipped through the cracks, and I wanted to make sure I asked this. You were talking about um, safe security deposit boxes on Bitcoin Review, and you said probably not the best idea to store seed material there. Absolutely. So, and then you mentioned so using potentially seed XOR to split that key. So, pe- so people listening don't know what that is. You can basically take tw- your 24 words and you can have the cold card split it into two separate groups of words which are unrelated to the originals. And then you can store those in two separate places, thereby getting yourself a little extra security. Great yeah, But you have the trade-off of you need both. If you don't have both, you're fucked. Yeah, but you can also go in and cement, bury, you know, the original seeds somewhere else that is completely inaccessible. Yeah. yeah. Right? Unless the truly push comes to shove. I guess well, the it question, gets. I think a lot of people, not that I view security deposit boxes as the end-all be-all of like a good place, but on the hierarchy of places that are good in the world that seem relative, I mean, as long as you don't have these things uh, unsealed in there, 
do you believe that security deposit boxes are fairly decent stopgap or is that just a total non-starter in your so view? Here's the problem, okay? And this is this is this only existed after Bitcoin. If somebody sees your secret, they don't need to take it. If somebody sees your secret, right. they can at any point in time from there on take it away from you. Remember, there is no law protecting your safe deposit box from, you know, the FBI going to the bank and saying there is a uh there was a bomb threat. We have to look into the boxes. And then that agent goes and takes a picture of it. Yep. And then 20 years from now, he goes and money gone. Yeah. Yep. Right? Right. So, like, you, you can't, this is one of the reasons why it really annoys me when, you know, all the DIY kids go and, and have a QR code for their single SIG at home for their seeds, right? Because if some, and QR codes are designed for computers to see the secret or the information under the worst possible conditions. So like if your computer screen accidentally sees that seed, right? Like money gone. Yeah. So like we really need to have like high hygiene kind of thinking when it comes to this stuff, because, you know, one little mistake, you know, could, could make all your money disappear. Right. Right. Low so, entropy. Any know, of that. Yeah. I mean, like, look, all the, uh, like a lot of the guys, a lot of the cops who were involved in the Silk Road all got rich, right? I wonder how. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, a lot of this, a lot of this comes back to the basics. Like the longer we've been doing self-custody, you get ideas, you try things, you experiment, and then you go, no, the, sim the simpler option actually really makes a lot of sense. I like to ask you this every time you come on here. When you're, you know, non-techie ant comes up to you and says, how should I custody this Bitcoin that I've just accumulated that you've been barking about for years? What's your answer to the person listening that's like, I don't know half the words you guys have thrown out in this episode. What the fuck should I do with my stack that's sitting so, on an exchange? What's your go-to answer? And just cold card, single sig, wired setup for the non-techie person? Or what? what's your thought it there? It depends, you know, for some of them might be, uh, for some of them, you just take custody for them. It's easier. You know, for for because you know the explanation over their you know five thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin, you, you know, like I I have more shit to do, <laughs> you know, that like try yeah. to get you there. It's like, but but I do tell every single one of them to get a phone app, set up a seed, back up that seed, and go play with a hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin yes. self custody, mm. right? And then they just feel comfortable eventually just fucking do it themselves. Totally. Right? But until then, yeah, like. But plus, you know, like for some of them, the answer is go buy the ETF. Yeah. Like seriously. Yeah. And all it's just so be it. You know, like, so like a lot of people are just not ready for their responsibility or they're just too old. They're going to die anyways before it makes any difference. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some people aren't capable. Like this is, this is yes. where Bitcoin just demands something from everyone. Like you can't yes. completely do this for everyone. So if you can see it in their eyes when you're explaining to them that this person has zero chance of this clicking then maybe it's I not time. I just give them open dimes. Like here, just just put it here. Yeah. You know, is there a chance that they rack the open dime with $1,000 in it? Yes. But like the chance of them losing their keys are much higher. So, you know, because before open dimes used to give them paper wallets, right? But then like they all fucking like burn wet or destroy their paper wallets somehow. That's how open dime like came to exist. And now I just do that with sets cards. It's like I just load the sets card. It's like here. Yeah. And all done. Yep. Or, or, or actually, even better, like for some now, is the the top signer with the nunchuck. 
Because then he backs up the seed for them, and then that's it. Like, yeah. you know, they're, they're reasonably safe. Who cares? You know, they're starting, like, between, like, a thousand, five thousand bucks worth of coins. So, so be it. Yeah. Right. You know? If you're keeping... Like, let them get comfortable on their own. If you're using an SD card to back up, say, a wallet configuration file, what kind of hygiene do you need to be aware of? Like, how often should you be, like, getting a new one, copying that file <laughs> on there? Like, how long can you expect so, an SD card okay, to last? So, yeah, so so if you're buying the SD cards from us, we're we're selling like like proper industrial grade micro SD cards. Do you have ratings? Should you trust them? No, but like at least like there is a better sort of chance there. And I recommend writing three times to each card. So maybe make two cards, right? Stuff those encrypted cards somewhere else, and you can use the same secret for both. Um, you know. And you can keep them together kind of thing too. So like, you know, it's just higher. It just increases your chance of recoverability. And remember, the SD card backup is for high availability, right? So that you don't have to go and break the cement under that mountain where you have your actual seed. Yeah. In case, you know, your code card breaks or at least like have two code cards cloned. Yeah. Uh, around, you know, so because you might need to spend and, and going to touch your seed should be a key, what we call key ceremony. Right, like another reason why, like the the security practices of having your seat around are idiotic, right? Uh, like seat signer does, right? Like don't do that uh, unless it's multi-sig. Don't have the seat around; it's bad because every time you touch your seat, your 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 seat, you're inviting violence and you have risk of licking it. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is this is known in the security industry for like decades. Like this is not a new thing. Like, yeah, it's like you're just reinventing the wheel with bad practices. It's basically less touching, uh, less risk. More touching, exactly, more right? Risk. Like yeah. if you keep on touching it, you're gonna get chlamydia. Don't yeah. edge yourself. <laughs> don't don't edge yourself. You might complete. Yes, you know, because like it, it, the meat in the middle, right? Like the human is often the security flaw on the whole system. Totally. In the middle. Watch the meat in the middle. Yeah. Um, no, I think I think there's a lot of really practical things there. Maybe people don't like the answers, but it's yeah, realistic. Like not, and and you know, we've been saying this a long time about cold card, but you 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 alluded a second ago to the fact that you're you're gonna have people going to Sparrow, going other places, right? You're not gonna stand yep. up a go between and that goes back to people taking ownership and having some degree of understanding of what this process is. Like if it, cold storage is not for people that have no clue what's happening and, and you need to take a few, even just very basic steps. If we go most basic configuration of a cold card to accomplish that, people at least understand how to interact with Bitcoin, what a UTXO is. They go through a few steps to where they they fully, not maybe not fully, but at least partially understand what they're stepping into, and it allows them to, to make a better decision about whether that's for them. And if somebody says, and we get these DMs and emails a fair amount about cold cards, if someone says this is flat out too confusing for me, step one, try to help them. But if they're just yeah. incapable of walking through those hoops, it's not then, for them. It's not for them. Totally, it's not for them. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay that like you know there is more solutions out there. You know, like for example. You know, like Trezor, like, you know, uses USB and, and it has all the shit coins that it requires, it, like, and you can and you use it with their suite, right? And then what happens is 
you know, and then they tell you to to type in your passphrase on the computer, right, in order to, to yeah. go to the Fresno. But then what happens? You have your email as a company hacked, like happened to them, right? And then it said, like the bad guys go and send phishing emails for people to type their seeds on the computer to give to them. But you as a company just taught everybody to type their passphrases on the computer. Yeah. So these people are going to believe. Like, it, it, it's like, of course, like, you know, that these things are going to happen. The, the incentives are towards that because there's a lot of money to be made, you know, with this stuff. So, you know, when when we, especially me on Twitter, shit on this other solutions, it's not out of bad faith or like just, you know, trying to win up over a competitor or whatever. It's just that like, you know, these are bad practices. And people are going to lose money with them. Like, you know, do they give you more market? Yes. You know, like if I add shitcoins to code card, it will grow 10x the next day, right? Like if we add a suite that sells shitcoins to you directly to your hardware wallet on your computer, you know, do we do we double our size? Yes. Right? But like these are terrible fucking trade-offs. And, and then you have to have a gigantic marketing department that just deals with the shit that you have to deal with every time you get on in one of these things, right? Uh, these are just different decisions and different trade-offs that companies make, you mm. know, but they do have consequences. Mm. Yeah. Should we close with a little, I mean, that's just, I want to get quick AI thoughts because I know you've spent a decent amount of time on this. You've built your own LLMs, this Unleash.chat. What is Unleash.chat? What are your general thoughts on AI? Hit us with, with a closer there. Uh, it's further than we think it is, but it's not as far as we think it is. Mm. It, it, you know, like it's, it's very, very useful, but the glue to start replacing people is not quite there yet, but we will like, I mean, like you're going to see like half companies, managers being fired very soon because it's completely unnecessary. Uh, they're very, very helpful tools to argument humans. They're not replacing humans yet. Uh, and uh, I mean, Unleashed is is essentially like uh, you can you can with one button click sort of like run open source uh, uh, LLM models. So there's like three options there. It's cool. As hell. Uh, and it has privacy, so like you're not like just giving all your data to OpenAI. And it's Bitcoin native, right? So you can pay with Sats. And another cool thing is you can upload your own data, and we we teach the AI your data so that you can ask questions about your data. Uh, and, and you can ask about Noster, like you do with Grok on Twitter. Hmm. Um, and we're going to keep on adding stuff. I like, again, like, you know, it was dog footing, right? Like I'm like, okay, I want to, I want to ask all these things about our, you know, our sales, like numbers and all of our accounting shit and you know, like, and our document, our docs and stuff. And I don't want to give all those questions and data to open AI. So right. that's, that's where it was born. Yeah. The origins of good products, useful for yourself, and then it's going to be useful for others. Yeah, I mean, you know, you gotta you gotta go full full Ayn Rand on this kind of shit. You know, like you know, it's, it's objectivism there really really works. You know. Yeah. All right, we're gonna let you go, my friend. It looks incredible where you're at, by the way. It's I'm, uh, I'm it's, jealous uh, as yeah. hell. Costa Rica is is special. People people should go here. You bring the whole yeah, family down? Yeah, at some point. Yeah. But like, you know, like it's, yeah. Appreciate you, brother. Seriously, these are yeah, always fun every single time you come on. Thanks for dedicating the time. Hey, man. Th thanks for having me. Thanks, man. It, it's, it's fun. 
yeah, you know, you guys doing the serious stuff like saving peoples and shit, you know. <laughs> I'm saving people in Mexico now too. That's right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Take care. Take care, guys. Take care, brother. Thanks again for joining us. Please leave us a review on your podcast app of choice. It greatly helps the show. If you haven't checked out Fountain yet for your podcast solution, you should. You can get paid sats to listen to your favorite show. Again, thank you for joining us. See you next time.